Activate your energy. Welcome to the Activated Authors Podcast, a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy, healthy, and productive author, no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators? And welcome back to another episode of the, you guessed it, the Activated Authors Podcast. (laughs) My name is Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single bloody week is... Sam Frost. Hello, that's me. What? You you all right? I'm a bit loopy. I'll be honest. Like... I slept last night. That's helpful. Although I woke myself up with, I say I woke myself up, I can't go into this diatribe on this podcast, but I'm going to have to now because I started it. And to not follow it through would be deemed unsatisfying. So uh, I, for people who have recently just tuned in or do not know this, uh, I'm currently living with my parents um, in the bids to save money for a whole long story. It is what it is. I have a mother who, for whatever reason, will not accept if I'm away for a few days, it's okay to leave things plugged in. And so it's determined to constantly, every time I'm away, unplug my digital alarm clock, meaning that every time I come back, I have to reset all the alarms and everything on my digital alarm clock, despite the fact I keep telling her not to unplug my digital alarm clock. And one of the things that can happen sometimes is if I'm not fully on it, which you have to be with a digital alarm clock, is uh, you have to turn off the, like it's a sunrise one, so it slowly will lighten up in the morning to kind of give you that natural thing into curb like seasonal affective disorder if you don't do the things properly at midnight it will blast your room with light which is what happened last night so at midnight i had to wake up i didn't have to wake up i was woken up by my light to then go back to the alarm clock to turn it off to silently curse my mother to then go back to sleep diatribe over it wasn't as satisfying as i thought it would be sam over to you how's things um yeah (laughs) pretty much the same as last week um i am not silently cursing your mother you should be (laughs) i do feel sorry for her that that she is a white woman named karen oh unfortunate in this day and age because we met a karen this week karen in the wild as miles said and i was telling her about the karen and she was very grumpy that i called her a karen (laughs) she was a karen Oh, she was like the queen of Karens. She, so just very quickly, <laughs> again, we can't not. Um, we were heading to uh, Hobbycraft and McDonald's for Miles, giving him a little treat because he's been doing really well um, on Dan's suggestion, which was very sweet of him. And the sat-nav took us down a road that was closed and then it was like, oh, no. So it redirected us to a um, single lane road that was like, I don't know how best to just, if you think of like a really old quaint country Mm. feel, like it wasn't so much as a road as the houses stopped. (laughs) And it was the gap in between Mm -hmm. the front doors facing each other. Um, And apparently everyone sat nav had sent them this way. So there was like, six cars maybe um facing forward one way and then about 20 cars facing forward the other way so the cars are literally like facing off what we like um, to call gridlock 
Yeah. And there was one woman that was at the back of um, the less cars mm. queue that was insistent that she would not move, even though the other two cars behind her had realised that, like, if they moved, the other couple of cars in front of them could reverse out, then all that traffic could come and then they could mm-hmm. go if they needed to. Um, and any car that went to turn down saw what was going on and was like, nope, and, like, left. Um she was insistent that she would not reverse out because she lived on this road. And how dare people do this? Do they not know it's a single lane road? Uh, to which Dan was like, no, because at this point, Dan, being Dan, uh, had like parked the car on someone's drive so we weren't blocking the road, gone out and was like, he walked He walked to her car and you just immediately... She started, you could see she was ready to like rip his face off because, you know, <laughs> a tall guy's getting out of the car walking towards her. She's expecting rage, but this is Dan. So uh, Dan walks towards, like, hands out, like, no, I'm not coming to shout. I'm not coming to anything. Let's just have a discussion. Eventually, after much like having like 20 to, minutes, and she did was, not look me in the eye once. It was ridiculous. Like, her house was like five or six doors up, so she refused to move. And it's like, you're you're making yourself later to your own house. At one mm-hmm. point, her husband, I assume, fed up with the entire situation, just got out of the back with like a couple of boxes of like magnums and stuff and just walked to the house <laughs> to put them in the freezer. Um, and eventually, like Dan had to, um, like he was playing traffic warden. So like he went up to the other end, was like, stop, right, okay, you can come, right, you go. And literally no one else had gotten out. So mm. if it wasn't for Dan, we'd still be there now. Yes. And it was actually... Filming this from our car. <laughs> yeah. and, and Fort Miles is like being taken out on a treat, being stuck on some random person's, person's drive, like slowly dying of hunger. Uh, not actually, obviously. Um, there were magnums. <laughs> <laughs> but what was what was really actually very nice about that situation is that Miles got to see someone handle a situation that could have very easily been handled very differently, mm-hmm. handle it as a calm, like mature adult. Uh, there was I didn't tell you this actually, but there was a couple of times where Miles was like, do you think I should get out and help? Do you think she'll stop yelling uh-huh. if she sees a child? <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. Like, no, she... I mean, most of her anger was driven at a random van that was about four cars forward. And it was like, it's his fault. I was like, it's not. It's his fault. And then the minute he moved... About the 17 like, cars behind him. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Welcome to this podcast about writers. Um, <laughs> but it's always fun. Um, how's my week been? I have been doing the things. I'm doing the stuff. I'm, in, I'm, I'm enjoying the stuff I'm involved in at the minute because I'm... I'm I very much hit a crossroads hard a week ago. Like, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast last week, but obviously, like, the whole hospital incident in March changes things slightly. Um, but I'm still very, very aware that I'm still winding down a lot of things that I started. Yeah. And so uh, I have, and I won't say too much about this because it's not been concluded yet, but there are a couple of things that involve other people and, like, groups that I'm in that I've had to literally be like, I'm out. And it's not necessarily because I want to be out of those things. Like, I love the idea of what they are and what they entail and everything else. But I've just really reached a firm understanding in myself that I really, like, less truly is more. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you know i'm currently back with family um my sister's pregnant due to have a baby in the next sort of month or so and there really is a uh sense at the minute of like just wanting to be around people and being with people in real life and so much of what i do is virtual that i'm peeling away from a lot of that stuff so uh that's kind of been very much on the agenda and because of that i've now i've put a lot of like production stuff in place for a story that i'm working on for the other stories um i sent off the nowhere line to the publisher for them to read so hopefully you know that could be like two or three months before i hear back but like you know see what happens there um i am halfway through my cock which is cool so for context what's that taking you it's quite a long book um but for context people don't know what that is it's my new novella called cock like you heard correctly first time around it's meant to be deliberately evocative provocative inflammatory inflammatory oh i hope not get cream for that um but i'm i'm finally like this is the third version of the story i've tried to write and it's the first one that feels correct uh and i'm learning a lot about my process along this way like are you okay yeah, just... i'm just i'm just laughing at the idea that like you've you've attempted to mold two cocks before this but they didn't feel right but this third I just one couldn't get a handle on them they just didn't Perfect. feel right yeah so uh <laughs> yeah um so yeah i'm actually i'm making progress in that story which is quite cool i'm certainly more into uh the new day job that i have um which god bless it is still very very flexible for me which is fantastic because it means that like we went up on wednesday to go see bailey in the school play thing that was like awesome to like just to have the option of doing that and going to that without him to like ask permission mm. um and so yeah like things are things are trucking along i still got my cough which is is what it is it's not getting worse it's not getting better it's just there yeah i'd like it to go and so yeah that's that's where i'm at um read a couple of cool books i feel like i'm just finding things now what's going on in activated authors land guess what everyone discord is now free to access for anyone who listens to this podcast anyone who's on the facebook group anyone who wants to get involved and join us over in the community so again for context our community has basically been behind a paywall for the last two and a half years i think two and a half three years yeah um and there is still a section of the community that's behind the paywall, which is if you want access to like live sprints and all the extra bonus stuff. But if you want to come and join a community that is just genuinely interested in supporting you, in which you can ask questions, speak to other writers, and specifically one of the things that I think is the coolest in there, which I didn't know I could do, but now is in place, is when you sign up, which again is absolutely free to sign up, <laughs> uh, you get invited over to the Discord. And when you jump into the Discord, you can pick which genre channels you'd like to be a part of. So you'll have access to all the standard channels that everyone has uh, standard access to. But we've also got channels for horror, for fantasy, for sci-fi, for thriller, for historical, for nonfiction. Basically, any of the big global channels we have, or genres, we have a channel for now. So you can actually go in there and start meeting other authors within your space. And all of them with the Activated Authors ethos behind you. And then if you love the Discord and if you love everything that's going on in there, you can jump over and become an Activated Authors Plus member. And you can join me and Sam on sprints every week and you can yeah, join us doing live, live eyes. Exactly. And it's terrifying and it's wonderful and it's euphoric and you should be there. And why aren't you there? So <laughs> all of that is now officially in place. And in case you can't tell, I'm very, very excited for it because as we're recording this, I haven't yet told anyone this is going live tomorrow, which will be Monday the 10th. So if you listen to this, activateauthors.com is straight at the top or you can just go to activateauthors.com forward slash join. Follow the sequence. It will take you over there. 
but I'm also about to spam everyone that's on our mailing lists and everything else. So there'll be people jumping in in the next few weeks to get involved and become activated authors, which I'm thrilled about. I'm also very excited about this. I would just like to very quickly, uh, as you last week said about your voice, if I um, seem a little bit less bubbly or chippy or chirper, chirp, that's not a word, than usual. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really going through it at the minute. And mm-hmm. I'm doing my very best. Um, like Ash Ketchum. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be bubbly for us both. Um, well, I assumed that's why. Well, I'm not. I don't think I'm being a downer. I'm doing my very best. Not, you're not being a downer. Like that, that'll that'll happen when we stop recording and you have to deal with my true face. But oh, right now, for the people, <laughs> for the people, by the people. Yeah. So the Discord is free. As I say, just yeah. activatedauthors.com. All the info's there. Um, and uh, also, I'm really, really hoping because I'm working on this a lot today. I'm hoping that by tomorrow. I will have some more stuff live on the website for author website design because I'm very much enjoying building authors' websites at the minute. Um, and I've had a, a whole portfolio of people who I've done over the last few months, people's websites who I've done over the last few months. Um, I've got a few extra ones I'm working on at the minute, but I am looking to begin opening this up to people who want to get involved, want to get a website done from myself, um, whether that's genre or nonfiction or whatever you want that to look like. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't have many expectations of this. I'm just enjoying it as a process. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what happens. You have tint in hair. I do have tint in hair. It's, it's making me it's making me very happy. I've deliberately been keeping my head down like that so that like it doesn't show, but like, yeah, it's fully it's fully tintin. Ridiculous. I've been trying to like tuck it away and it's not working. Where's your snowy? Uh she's downstairs. Aw. Just having a good cuddle with her this morning. Um one other thing flash fiction february updates still in progress okay on to the next stuff so what's something that you might have enjoyed this week um i forgot we did this this is new Mm. and i completely blanked would you like me to go first because i've got a thing (laughs) where's my thing uh i can't remember if i shouted this out i might have already actually i think i did this last week as well it's the legend planner yeah, you but did. And I'm, it really now seems like we're sponsored by Legend Planners. Yeah, I'm going to double shout this out anyway, because I like, not only is it beautiful, and not only is it functional for anyone from the business boardroom to the oh office space. Oh, God, uh, why are you making this sound like an advert? <laughs> but like, just genuinely, like, it's the first time in a long time that I've, I'm showing a blank page, so I'm not great for what I'm about to say, but like, that I've actually been using and I've actually like found the mechanism to keep updated with it because like, you know, it's got, uh, I will show empty pages just so I don't show, but like quick flash, uh, I'm writing in it. But you've got like your, your daily stuff in here. Uh, at the top right, you've got like a little habit tracker. You've got like your biggest task. You've got like personal and work stuff. Um, but a certain amount of boxes so you don't overload yourself. It's got a little area to do a review each week, which I do. Um, but then also like all these little tabs and things link back to pages that you've done earlier where you can look into your... Um, monthly review so you can make sure all your goals are matching across your months and then it's also like right at the beginning which is obviously like i've spoken a lot about this before but like what it all comes down to is like what are your three month goals what are your big goals and it, it's kind of like a, a cascade of like the big stuff down to the small stuff um and it's just it's just working for me it's just working for me so again like pretty very similar to the clever fox stuff but for whatever reason legend planner available at store near you in terms of conditions apply there you go. I'm done. 
Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm really struggling. To, um, like, I'm struggling to think of something. I know there's been moments and things where I will have smiled and enjoyed, but I don't really remember much of last week. And I kind of feel like I've been in a bit of a um, a disassociated fugue state this weekend, which I'm still definitely not out of. Um, May I mention your non-meat stuff? Sure. I did it. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm really proud of you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, um, I don't know how long it's been now. What, like three weeks, maybe? Two At least, weeks? yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not eating meat. I've wanted to not eat meat for a very long time. Um, I've tried a couple of times before, very unsuccessfully. Um, and Dan had mentioned, I think it kind of, there was a kickstart moment when we were at the Paramore gig because before they, mm. um, before they came on, there's like a, um, video, you know, in the arenas, they have like the big screens so you can see the artists, um, where, no, no matter where you are. Um, and it was Paramore, like a pre-recorded thing where they were, um, they were supporting a charity to help um, minimize the environmental impact of big meat. So like beef and things like that produce an incredible amount um, of like methane gas and things like that. And the, yeah. the processing of, you know, the meat, the factories, all of the things um, has a huge environmental impact, not to obviously mention um, animals being born to be killed for meat and things but i don't want to get onto like a um moral high horse because there's certainly uh, no room for me there um but yeah it was that kind of it re-put it into my head um and it's like i've been able to somehow live in this duality of loving animals and and then like just i don't know um blissfully being unaware even though I knew exactly what I was eating um and then you'd mentioned it um because we saw that thing and was like we should do that because it was about just having um there's a challenge wasn't it for like a month to one day uh, was it one a meal a day or one day a week I can't remember uh, like I think it was a meal a day for a month I mean that's breakfast isn't it <laughs> I think it meant like a dinner or a lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. um to be completely like plant-based um and we discussed it at the time like that sounds like a really good thing and then yeah a few weeks back you'd mentioned it and I was like I want to do this with you um because it is something that I've wanted to do for a long time um and yeah I haven't eaten any meat since um I'm loath to put any labels on myself yet mm -hmm. it's very early in the process um and I think like I'm just trying to be really gentle with myself because it's a huge change. It's a huge shift. And right now I'm just focusing on not consuming meat. Um, 
and trying to um, increase with varying levels of success um, fruit and vegetables mm-hmm. um, into my diet, which is difficult, especially for me who um, at the minute is really not eating well at all, especially when I'm on my own. I didn't eat anything yesterday. No, I tell a lie at three o'clock uh, this morning. Well, technically that's the day. Mm. Yeah, I didn't eat anything yesterday. There you go. Because, you know, yeah, I just didn't. So, yeah, there we go. Right yeah. Thank you. But yeah, and just to like reiterate, it's, you know, we're not casting judgment on anyone either way. And I'm, I'm definitely, I've definitely eaten like a few meals of meat over the last few weeks. But we both said like, I think the, the thing for me is exploring the vegetarian mm-hmm. options, but I don't like the label of vegetarian because I do enjoy meat and I do, you know, every now and then, like, you know, if it's an occasion or something else, I, I want to have that option because I feel, I feel like so, a lot of the times with sort of vegetarian, like veganism more understandably, but vegetarian, it's very like black and white. Like mm-hmm. you're a vegetarian. And if you eat anything that isn't like you're like a sinner and it's a horrible thing. So I'm not in any way like labeling myself a vegetarian. I'm just seeing what's out there. Like we, we spent some time at the, the vegetarian aisle, like looking at different foods mm-hmm. and things are just quite um, interesting and just, just trying some different things. Cause there are some stuff that is just not like fit for human consumption. And then other stuff that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a journey, but I think I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as you, as as you of like I've seen quite a lot of content the last few weeks of things that irks me, um, and I firmly believe that if you go like the the way that we're wired and built is to consume meat and plants and all this kind of stuff, but the question then comes to how do you source your food? And... Well, yeah, and like when. You know, it, yes, it's true. Um, we were hunter gatherers, and you know all the rest of it. This isn't hunter gathering. <laughs> no, and also like at, back at back in those days, there wasn't like seven billion people. Uh huh. There was like uh-huh. seven. Yeah. And they were all called Ugg. Yeah. <laughs> and they and went one out. One guy called Bug. And they knocked whatever they could find over the edge, and you know, yes, yes. But no, it's um, yeah, just there's a lot of. There's a lot of like personal reasons and stuff. And I'm the same. Like I have not um asked or insisted that Miles do the same because yeah. it's a very personal choice. Um but I'm finding it easier to walk past a, fi- a field of sheep now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wins from the community. Yeah. So this week we're celebrating the one and only Kiz, who has three wins. The first one being that they've gotten back into their breeding after a slump which nice. is always always nice to, to rekindle oh, that fire it's like coming out of like rekindle <laughs> nice it's like oxygen isn't it after being underwater for so long just that oh. like i can't get enough especially when you get a good book that's mm. definitely the clincher mm-hmm. um their last day at work was on friday so they started their new job on the wednesday which gave them some time to write and to be free for a few days nice. uh, and they've also planned their quarter three goals uh, including the small steps to get there so great job kids making it happen awesome perfect okay so into today's topic less so than a question today's topic brought to you by daniel wilcox is uh art versus commerce Mm. so like i feel like this discussion really is kind of the backbone of how people view the things that they make and what they're doing now i feel Mm. almost like it's very much the petrol that gets poured on fires when artists are arguing about selling out and you know Mm. making money and all this kind of stuff 
So I kind of want to just throw it over to you and say, you know, what's what are your thoughts currently on this debate of art versus commerce, especially as it relates to writing and publishing books? So I'm glad that you said currently, because if you'd have asked me this question a couple of years ago, my answer would have probably been quite different. Um, I think it is something that creative people struggle a lot with. Um, and it ties into, I think, um, a couple of things, actually. Imposter syndrome is a big one. Um, this romantic idea of what it is to be an artist, to be an author, um, and also just like societal pressure. Mm. Um, and I think the first thing to consider is like, if you are concerned about selling out, you have to define what that means for you. Mm -hmm. Because like people, and I say this to my son all the time, like no matter what you do in your life, people will talk about it. Mm -hmm. Not everyone, because um, as much as we would like to think it, we are not the center of the universe. And most people are just indifferent to our existence. Aww. I know. But like, there's over 7 billion people on the planet and most of them don't know you're alive. <laughs> 8 billion now. Oh, Jesus. And like, most of them don't know you're alive. And the ones that do, um, not all of them will care. And for the ones that do care, either positively or negatively, they're all going to have their own opinions and their own feelings on what you should be doing with mm -hmm. your time. Um, whether that is in support of you, whether that is them for some reason secretly trying to plot your downfall or copy everything you do, whatever it is, like there is always going to be other voices that have opinions on what you should be doing. So you might as well be doing the shit that you want to do. So this is what I say to Miles, um, like because he gets sometimes um i'm gonna i'm not gonna use direct examples because it's his life and i don't feel right so yes say that for example he had a bright pink backpack um and he loves this bright pink backpack and he's wanted one for a really long time and then he went to school and everyone was like that's weird why do you have a bright pink backpack and then he came home and was like i want to burn this i want to cut it to pieces um again this is all none of this happened just want to make this very clear um it was blue it was blue yeah um and and i had this discussion with him and it's it's the same with our art our creativity um society has its own expectations of number one what an artist is and number two who should get to be an artist and the people that are allowed to be artists are usually the people that already are and are famous but weren't allowed to be mm -hmm. artists before they got there um so like there's that but again like you have to define what selling out is for you because other people will have opinions and they will tell you that you've sold out they will tell you that you've changed and usually what like that means is that like they don't get to see you as much or you put boundaries in place or like you've changed because you're growing and they can't relate because they haven't changed because they're there's there's it's always their problem as to why that is a thing so define what selling out is for you so for me specifically um this idea of selling out which i think is like a bit gross anyway like just the mm. term and stuff but the for me it is creating something um or putting my name on something if i haven't created it that i don't agree with that i am not proud of that um i don't think serves anybody i don't believe that 
there is value in it and charging money for that. To me, that selling out is, is putting something out that I have signed off on that is not aligned with who I am, not aligned with my values and isn't of the quality that I would want it to be and charging people for it. That to me is selling out. So I think that's important mm-hmm. just off the bat. Um, and then I think it's important to just take a look at yourself. And that came out harsher than it meant to. I mean, <laughs> look at yourself. Look at yourself, Sandra. <laughs> but I mean, in the sense of like imposter syndrome. So a lot of the time we think that, you know, we shouldn't be charging for stuff because we don't have that confidence in ourselves. Um, but actually, like, just because you are writing books instead of um, being an accountant. I love an accountant. My accountant is your mechanic. Um, accountants and plumbers, they're the first thing that comes to my head. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make what you're doing any less valid or valuable. Um the world could exist without art true it wouldn't be a world that people would want to live in mm-hmm. art and specifically story is the oldest way that we have communicated as humans and i think we touched on this on our first episode together yes of this kind of format is that it is a fundamental need for us to tell stories and if you are prepared to pay for a course, um, for example, or you are prepared to, I don't know, upgrade your laptop or buy a book to like improve your craft or put in that time, you know, start logging those 10,000 hours. Thank you, Macklemore, now I've got that stuck in my head. Um, Then you already in some way are believing in yourself because if you didn't think there was point to it, you wouldn't invest money and more importantly the most like valuable asset that we have which is time Mm -hmm. so like I think if there is that thing of like you know that imposter syndrome around charging for it um that's something to look at but generally speaking (laughs) she says after waffling um I think arts and commerce is a Venn diagram and mm-hmm. everyone's middle is different. Um, and I, there was, there was a, oh, that was it. So we were, me and Dan were watching um, an episode of The Great British Sewing Bee and a very talented sewer left. And we were having this conversation um, because they were right to be the one to go. And the reason they left is because they couldn't balance art and commerce. I yes. mean, it's not commerce specifically in this instance, but it was whenever a fucking they, task. Yeah, whenever <laughs> they were given a brief, they they wouldn't fulfill the brief. They would be wildly creative over here mm-hmm. um, and not fulfill the brief. And when they started doing this, at least the things they were doing were very well executed. But as the season got on, it just got wilder and wilder and they weren't even executing the things that they were making to their potential yeah. because you need the the thing about creativity is you need structure and you need boundaries. Otherwise you're just wanking in the wind. 
Thank you I'm for not that. wrong though, right? <laughs> I, you need you need some kind of idea. That's why we draft things. That's why we have ideas and and we we whittle them down. And like, if you don't want to sell stuff that you make, you don't have to. There's that. Sorry, my brain is all over the place. So like, no, I'm, just I'm, I'm, I'm just... really impressed that you can like just continue after you know ranking, ranking in the wind. wind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what. That's what we used to say at drama school. When, when, <laughs> oh when someone's just like, they just start, they're on stage and they're singing and they've got their eyes closed and then like the only person that's enjoying themselves is them. It's a vocal wanker. Yeah, there you go. He's having a wank on stage and we all have to watch. Mm-hmm. No one gave the permission. <laughs> it's, but it's true. Like you need. I really have to be careful how I laugh so I don't cough. <laughs> you need some kind of boundaries. <clears throat> like if I just sat you down in like a sandbox that had oh, all going? the things. Okay. <laughs> it was like wank into the wind. No. It's like you did into a big sandbox like that had all the different things that you could ever possibly need to create anything and said like you've got two weeks. Make something incredible. Go. I guarantee most people would fall to fucking pieces because what does that mean? What can I use? Can I use it all? Of course I can't use it all. We need some kind of structure project to project to know what's, you know. So like, if you are wanting to sell stuff, it's important to have that kind of idea. If not, cool, you do you, boo. Like, go over there, enjoy your, enjoy your like hobbying away and doing all the different things and making the things that you want to make. Like, but... I don't think there is anything wrong with loving what you do, loving your craft or crafts, depending on, you know, what you are interested in, putting that time in, putting that investment in, and then making a product to sell. I mean, obviously, when it comes to anything that you that you want to put out onto a market, you need to have an audience in mind. So that becomes then tricky because people feel like, well, I'm selling out because like it's not what I want to make. But in the specific is the general. And I know like Dan, for example, was um, when you talk about like when winter comes and sins of smoke and all that kind of thing. The person you often write for is yourself. Yes. Because as much again, as we'd like to believe, we are not unique creatures. We are not these beautiful, like perfect things that is comp- a completely unique set of if you like something someone else will mm-hmm. that's just how it works so like if you get specific about who you want to put your art out to even if that is for yourself you will find an audience mm-hmm. i have rambled i need water go question answered thanks for joining us for this week's podcast <laughs> no um no, like you, you raised, over the place. No, you raised like a hell of a lot of good points. Like I, I, I think the the key thing for me when it comes to this subject is, as you say, it's integrity. Like mm-hmm. if you are creating something that you don't believe in for people you don't care about, just for some, you know, um, nondescript gain. Like for me, that's selling out. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, and again, as you say, these are all personal answers for me. Like the the whole premise of art and why we write and everything is, you know, there can be a want for commerce there can be a want for money and the creations that you make for me a lot of the time are our therapy 
and they like art is just a fantastic way to view the world to process things to create stuff that doesn't have to make sense um i when i first started writing i joined a local writing group and this was before i had any intention of publishing a book or anything else like it was just it was a hobby and i was like hey i did a lot of english and stuff at school i really wanted to do that and i found this group um locally that used to meet once a month and i'd go see sessions and they weren't like your sort of critique writing sessions they were like for 15 minutes here's an exercise and we'd all do the exercise yeah. we'd all read out the work then we'd move on next exercise and it was about two three hours of this every every week and i really enjoyed it because i was oh god how old would i have been i would have been like 22 maybe um about 22 when i started going to the group and i met some amazing people and like a lot of them older than me because there was a lot of sort of like retired english teachers and sort of that sort in the group like again lovely lovely people and i'd do the exercises i'd go home and i got to a point where i got bitten by the bug and i was writing more at home and that served me for a while that was just a group of people making art just collect like just meeting as a collective to enjoy the thing that we enjoy mm -hmm. the minute I started actually publishing books and writing books and getting better at what I did and, and writing faster they, they changed mm -hmm. so they viewed me less as an artist and more as someone seeking the commerce even though like I had my reasons for wanting to write the books and I was writing the books myself but because that didn't fit in with their model like they were never nasty about it. There was a couple of like moments where I was a bit like, oh, that was a bit like, they're clearly not happy that I'm doing this sorts of stuff. And like, I'm actually publishing all the things. And again, that's not a judgment on them. It was you just- You just the, feel the temperature change. Yeah. And there was very, a very different view on, on me. So I left because it wasn't, it wasn't serving me anymore. And I still keep in touch with, you know, the people I've gotten really well with in that group. Um, you know things change and that's part of the process like depending mm -hmm. on the stuff that you really enjoy what you find the own like the communities you discover all that kind of thing um but it all comes down to for me as, as most things do like what is what is your why so mm -hmm. take the integrity stuff out of it because that like we established that for us specifically is quite fundamental but like you can create art and you can be happy you can if you just want to use it as a, a palette to experiment and to have fun and to escape and to just shut yourself away and just lose yourself in a painting or in like knitting or writing, whatever that is, like that's awesome. And like kudos mm -hmm. to you and just go and enjoy that guilt free. Just have fun. Just fucking do the thing. Yes. If you enjoy the art that you do and you feel like there's a place for it in which people will be happy to exchange money to do more of what you do. Oh. Fucking hell yeah. Like go for it. Kudos to you as well. Like, there is no right answer to this which i think is kind of the bottom line here like i i've seen a lot of people who wrote stuff just in their spare time or passionate about it, and then they started writing like short stories and articles for submission and stuff and then just the feedback they got from other people is like, oh my god I can't believe you're selling out and doing this and it's like it's not up to you like when you're looking at this subject often when people feel friction about who they are and how they feel in their own integrity it's because of the opinions of other people mm -hmm. and often those other people aren't the people that you're trying to reach nor are they the yeah. people you should anyway listen to if you are comfortable in what you're doing if you are happy creating this stuff and choosing and going down the path that you're going down on that really is all that matters like there have been a lot of times along my writing journey where I've pivoted or where like friends have kind of like judged me especially early on and it's the early on it's it's when you're in the incubator that that's that's really the time when you're tested because they can turn that switch so quickly and uh -huh. it's dead yep and a few times i posted on facebook like 
give me some prompts and I'll write a story. I don't know why I did it. It was just for fun. Mm. And, you know, it was a mix of people who were encouraging and there were a mix of people who were derisive and you ignore the derisive voices because who the fuck are they? Like, they don't matter. You don't have to talk to these people. Like, mm-hmm. 8 billion people in the world find your people. Um, and, yeah, you you know, you, you get tested as you get bigger. But, I like, the, the bigger... And I, I, oh, I hate saying stuff like this, but the, the more... The bigger my readership has grown and the more people have seen my art, the less that is a problem. Yes. And not only because of the fact that I'm published and I am tested. And even now, like I know that like each work is tested individually. Like no, no work is ever like, it's not a constant stream of this is better than the last thing. Like it's, it's all over the place, but it's rare these days that people are like you're selling out because I've fought that journey and I've established where I'm at, where I'm at. Um, and I kind of, I, I want to reach out to like the person that's sitting there and they're like, oh, I kind of want to write, but like, you know, this kind of stuff just yeah. do it like it's it sounds so simple and like unhelpful but like it is it is as, as i say with writing like it's that easy and that's hard like how do yeah. you write a book you sit down in a chair and you type mm-hmm. like obviously there's paragraph lengths and you know adjectives and clauses all, all this kind of stuff happens but like the fundamental thing is you sit down and you write and you get better and you get better and you practice and you put in the reps and you get your ten thousand hours and it's exactly the same with this. Like, if you want to be an artist, quote, artist, in the sense of, I just want to create shit for myself, go ahead, do that. Mm-hmm. If you want to be, um, there isn't really a word, is there, for like... A professional a, artist. I guess so. I guess Pro- professional. The, that's the only term I can think of. Yeah. Like, in the sense of, in for this context, professional meaning... In exchange um, for money. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not, I'm not, I'm not using it to comment on the quality amateur versus professional i know what you mean yeah yeah. um but no like absolutely and um yeah i just think you know kudos to anyone that that goes down this journey and tries and tries and tries and keeps going because you can also switch and go in between like Mm -hmm. you know i i've personally found the more books i've written the ones i'm proudest of are the ones that i've allowed for myself to be an artist Mm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to like i totally agree with you about you know the confines of you know in order to create art there needs to it's it's mess within structure like mm-hmm. it helps to define the thing that you're doing like you know if you're and uh, again like, I, I come back to painting just because i think it's like a very real visual example yeah. but like if you're a painter who's working with watercolors already you've given yourself a structure you've given yourself boundaries because how far can you push a watercolor mm-hmm. how far can you push pastels and oils and all that kind of stuff and that's where the fun and breakthroughs come from by the uh, way yeah absolutely because you can use like i'm not i'm not a painter you can use like washi paint and sequence (laughs) and you can throw like uh, talcum powder like exactly like oh man those talcum powder talcum powder watercolor artists you're on it they're a proper kicking it off right at the (laughs) cutting edge of trends yeah um but yeah it's i I, yeah i think to circle all background because you you made like a hell of a lot of like very very good points because i wouldn't shut up is integrity is just the bottom line yeah like i've had it before like you know i i won't say specifics but it's one that it happened i'm not hugely proud of it but it happened i i got pulled into a bit of a pyramid scheme and uh the stuff that i was selling i didn't give a shit about i didn't care about Mm. and every time i pitched and anything else it was just horrible yeah it was just horrible because like you know maybe they did do the things that they said they were going to do but i didn't care like yeah. it wasn't like I was doing it for the money whereas mm-hmm. I can go out into the street for five years of my life and pitch to people to do chlamydia tests which again for people joining me that was an old job that I used to have to yeah. do like and it was one of the the most fun things I ever had because I really believed in what we were doing like you know we we 
took the chlamydia rate from one in nine to one in 16 in like a couple of years. So like, yeah, you could see the societal impact of the things you were doing with like sexual health. So, you know, if, if you believe in the thing that you're doing, just do that, whatever that is. Yeah. I've got um, two points that occurred to me while um, you were talking that like springing off what you said, um, just very quickly on the like confines of creativity. Number one, um, I would say that necessity breeds creativity. Mm -hmm. If you have all the budget in the world, you don't need to be creative. You need an aeroplane, you buy an aeroplane. Yeah. Whereas if you have to, um, I don't know, put on a play or like literally get to the other side of the world and you don't have the budget, that's when your mind starts to work. That's where imagination, creativity comes in. Um, so there's that. And as Glennon Doyle says, like I can be wildly creative between exactly 10 o'clock and 11.30 a.m. every day. Like she needs to put that's, you know, that's so like boundaries are important. Um, and the other thing is adults love to ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, and say someone said, I want to be an electrical engineer. Like I love the way electric moves engineered things. And I really want to be that. And they're like, oh, that's good, isn't it? And then they go through school and that's what they want to be and that's what they want to be and they work hard at it. And then they go to college and they do the subjects they need for that. And then like they've worked so hard and they put so much time and effort in and then they get into the dream university that they wanted to go to and they graduate with like first degree. They're the come to the, the loudcomer they're number one to come on thank you um number one at loudcomer. i don't know what it's bloody called i didn't go to university i went to drama school um <laughs> they're the people that wank into the wind didn't they yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um this is then, i guess but explicit on this episode yeah and then, <laughs> and then they land their dream job and finally all of that dreaming all of that planning all of that work that stress, that tension that they have poured into this dream for whatever reason comes to fruition and they land this job and they've got it. No one turns around to that person and says, well, you fucking sold out. So why is it different? It isn't. It's just other people's opinions. Yes. And it's always going to be noise. I don't know if you want to touch on, I know one of the things that we speak about a lot is um, the inner versus the external locus of validation. Because I know it's yeah. quite easy for me and like um, just a bit of a shout out for the next couple of weeks. Like I'm pretty sure like on the Joanna Penn podcast um, that I'm on in a few weeks, I've spoken a little bit about this. So tune into mm -hmm. that. Um, but I, I'm, it's not lucky. Like I put a lot of work into getting to this point, but yeah. I've, I've trained myself to be very internally validated, meaning mm -hmm. that, other people's opinions and influences don't affect me as strongly as they do other people. Like I'm yeah. at a point like in my life where I realize how ridiculously individual my life situation is like mm -hmm. in all aspects, I understand that I write differently to other people in the way that I do, even though I'm still within horror, like, you know, individualism is one of my things. Like I just get that each person is a, like a, a totally different person with their own life circumstances. Like if you're walking down the street and you think five people are looking your way, 
those five people don't know who you are. They never will know who you are because they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Yeah. So for me, I've done a lot of self-work to understand that if I want to do something, I'll just do it. Like, you know, I fancy crocheting. So this week, Rob Howley was teaching me how to crochet and I made a bit of a square. Yeah. Like if this had been me 10 years ago, maybe a bit longer than that, like I had friends, I had family who saw that kind of activity as more feminine and mm-hmm. I would have been lesser, in, yeah, lesser, lesser inclined to do that because mm-hmm. whatever. But like, you know, it's it's a thing that I just want to learn. I just want to like, I like learning new skills. This is the thing that like, I can make some shit. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've done a lot of self-work to, to get myself in that position, but I realized that's not where everyone is. And I know a lot of people who like, you know, where, even if it's like your mum or your dad or someone who's super close to you, whose opinion you super, super, super value, not saying there's anything against that it's a lot more difficult to make these choices if you know that like one thing that I see a lot is um couples who their partner is maybe like the big breadwinner and puts in all this time and then you feel selfish for having your couple of hours to do your art thing because it's not contributing to the household all that kind of stuff what are your what are your thoughts as they are at the minute on on sort of locus of validation so I think a lot of creative people and this is certainly isn't exclusive to creative people, but I do think that you'll find probably if you looked at like the stats, um, <laughs> a lot of um, creatives have external locus of validation, meaning it's not enough for them to be happy with what they've done. And in fact, sometimes you can't be fully happy until someone has said, good job, here's a cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, I fall into that camp. Like again, I am neither proud nor ashamed of it. It just is what it is. I would like to get to a point in my life where I am more leaning towards inner validation just because I think um, it's a healthier way to be because you can, you're you're closer to your centre, your integrity, your truth. Um, but it is difficult, I think, if you have an external locus of validation, specifically at the beginning of any journey because there really is that who am I and if you are validated by yourself you can have that self-talk a lot easier mm-hmm. um than if you if you don't and I know for me um you know I had a very difficult upbringing um and we'll leave it at that but it was like I I've been through a lot like by the time I was 19, I think I've probably lived a lot more life than most people at 80. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that goes on internally mm-hmm. um, because an external locus of validation doesn't just refer to in that moment. It, For me, I hear voices of the past and they will pull at me and they will claw at me um and I think I am not alone in that I think there is a lot of people and like I say specifically creatives that that have that struggle of not only having to overcome their own shit Mm -hmm. but then having to deal with the shit that was put on them and hearing those voices um and it is difficult. It makes mm-hmm. it very difficult. 
um there are like coping mechanisms and strategies around that um for example just having if you are fortunate enough to have a, a group of people that you trust just to share that with them and just say look this you know i'm i'm thinking of doing this but x y and z from wherever is you know telling me and, and they can they can help you with that um, slash join <laughs> it's free um yeah. also just I, I not to sort of waylay you but just to qualify what i'm saying like i don't want to, that sounds disingenuous our community is fantastic at that yes yeah they are they genuinely are um and so yeah it is it is difficult um and i i think i think like dan is saying you know everyone everyone is like on their own journey and has their own story but like it it doesn't mean that it is unique and i think finding other people is a lot easier than we think like once we manage to get over that first like hurdle of scratching someone's surface and then realizing that you know we're more similar than than we thought mm. there there is just i mean just go through any interviews with like famous singers famous artists and they will like most of them have a very similar kind of background in the sense of they never felt good enough they needed validation they weren't popular they needed that help and that's where it comes from and and, and that's the drive is that like I want to be loved I desperately wanted to be famous when I was a kid because I just wanted someone to say like wow mm-hmm. she's incredible because yeah. I wasn't getting you're good enough from where I was. I, I wasn't even getting like, you're allowed to be here. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, there was, there was nothing. So I think external validation can take you far mm-hmm. in the sense of to push you. Yeah. Because, you know, again, some people push against it, like fucking watch me kind of mm-hmm. vibe, but it, if, it can also cripple you. Yeah. Well, this is it. The amount of uh, stories of celebrities who have followed that that path to fame because they believed that would fill some kind of hole that they had for not feeling good enough and then getting to the point where they are ridiculously famous and that hole is still there. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's such a long exercise. It's a lifelong um, venture. And I think that, you know, I, I strongly believe the majority of people will fall into the external locus of validation thing. And I certainly did for, like, a long time. I think one of the ways to work towards overcoming that which is again like long and arduous is compounding wins like the reason i'm certainly where i am right now is because i'm tested and i've said this earlier but like it really is a thing like you have to test yourself you have to see what you're good at you have to be okay with failing and be open to the fact that that's okay because you know that you're not done um but i you know when i was writing my first first story at college like I was desperate for the approval of the teacher because mm-hmm. I thought I could be a good writer. I had no evidence for it, um, but I was desperate for her to go, this is really good and to give me the mark that I wanted. And, you know, that happened. Win, check. Okay, I've done something good. When I came around to publishing my first book, I had well, my first story. I had no plans of showing it to loads and loads of people. It was a case of, I think every story I wrote up until I published that first book, because I wrote a few, like I say, on Facebook and just write like on Wattpad and things. Um, 
I do genuinely believe that my attitude of, oh, well, I've read it doesn't really matter if it does that great, like I'm happy with it. There's a defense mechanism in that mm-hmm. because it's straight away going like, well, I've done what I need to, fuck y'all. <laughs> Which in a way is correct, but at the same time, like it's probably not the healthiest because you still need to be open to criticism and to feedback to improve what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that that external falls into the majority camp. And I think bringing it around to, again, like art versus commerce, that's what a lot of people are scared of. Like, art art you can almost do hobbled away just hidden mm-hmm. and whatever but there are a lot of people that feel like the minute you start selling that and actually there was <laughs> this always makes me laugh because i was on a podcast years ago with a good friend of mine graham calling who runs the um oh my god what's his podcast called i'll i'll pop it in the show notes because uh ah oh, yelling at concrete um but he's he's what I consider to be the definition of like your very stereotypical like artsy art, and I mean that in like the most loving way because he's an incredible human. Uh, we met glass washing in a bar, and mm-hmm. we still keep in touch. It's bizarre, um, tremendous beard. Anyhow, he <laughs> I was on the podcast and we were talking. It was just at the point where I started to like take off and sell books and do that kind of stuff. And we had this chat because he was like, "I don't know how you do it," and I went, "What do you mean?" And he went, "Well, when I have a finished piece, that I'm really happy with." The minute someone even says to me, I will buy that off of you, I burn it. And he wasn't joking. Like he had pieces that he just burned because someone wanted to buy it because he believes for himself that art is in the process, in the creation, in like that, and that no one should own art through, I guess, capitalism, (laughs) through the exchange of money. Like it's, it was just a fundamental belief. Like he takes to releasing a, uh, like a tiny little magazine and um, there's a word from that is again like escaping me i'm not well uh a tiny little magazine that he literally will do every month put a load of effort into it pay to have all these things printed he'll post them through different people's doors no no plan or strategy or address just so people can see it and then he'll leave it and he won't want feedback he want nothing else like that's just what he does he just randomly delivers mag- like small little magazines to people every every month and i think there's something so pure and so genuine in that because mm. it's him doing him like do you know what i mean there's no like it's the thing that he wants to do. It's the thing that he believes in. There's lots of stuff in there that has a lot of uh, political messages and stuff because that's what he wants to follow. But like, that's he's who he's getting something from it, though, isn't he? Yeah, and he's it not might not be money. Exactly, he's still getting something from it. Exactly, and so yeah, the other side of that, it's we're going in all sort of different directions now, but trying to uh, <laughs> to bring this to a sum up. <laughs> like, I think most of most of the whole selling out argument comes from people who are either jealous of what you're doing or are very, very quick to judge with no understanding of what it is. And I think if you are serious about wanting this to be a thing for you, like, again, professional, amateur, not derogatory terms, but just however you choose to pursue art, fucking go for it and do it. And the final thing, uh, well, final one and a half things I'll say is there is an Instagram channel I highly recommend people following. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's this lovely, lovely lady who is the definition of an artist and she she videos every day on like giving yourself permission and imposter syndrome and all this kind of stuff and she's so pure and it's so beautiful and i will drop that in the show notes um but the other thing that i want to close with is i want to add dead deathbed deathbed dan to the conversation i was thinking about deathbed dan the other day well he is truly why i've gone as far as i've gone and why i've pursued this stuff so diligently i think a big reason of why i'm okay pissing people off and like following my own path because the truth of the matter is, without this going down, like, because I see this as a positive thing, but I know it's very easy to take it out of context and put it negatively. Because it's a very stoic idea and 
yeah stoicism is very um polarizing yeah I think. so one day you're going to blink and you're going to be in your later years hopefully like you know we wish that for everyone what is it that you could be doing today that you can look back on and be proud of doing and what you're currently not doing that you're going to look back on and think i wish i'd done that and that is it's powerful enough for me to to drop in and to like if i'm having like a really rough day i will kind of go like okay can i push myself further today and oftentimes you can't oftentimes you're unwell and that kind of stuff happens but like I, I remember like being 15, blinking, and I'm now 32. Like life doesn't wait for you. So pursue the things that you love, pursue the things you're passionate about, pursue the things that bring you joy, because the alternative is not. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that simple and it's that hard. Yeah. So anything else you want to add to art versus commerce before we wrap up this week's? very very comprehensive episode with <laughs> tetris and coughing and wanking into the wind and wanking into sandboxes and, and coming loudly and coming loudly and going down on your own path um <laughs> i'm so glad i got to bring that up because i didn't want to interrupt you but i almost choked on my own tongue when you said going down on your own path yeah. um there was something that was what i was going to say um I do think it's important that everybody have some form of outlet that is in some way just for them. Yes. Um, so like, you know, there's lots of stuff I do creatively that I, uh, I mean, I have an external legacy of validation, so I'll always show Dan and my sister and Miles and be like, tell me I'm good. Good job. Like, have a cookie. <laughs> yes, please. Um, but it's not for like, you know, wider consumption. It's just, for me so like scrapbooking cross stitching painting like just it's just something that I do for a lot of people that's like maybe writing in a journal like writing a diary is a creative process mm -hmm. so I think that's a way for you to kind of keep your hands like on your integrity is just knowing that like you know, you're still pure, you're still doing all the things. Money isn't the devil. Like, money is an amplifier of character. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. Like, it isn't, money is not the evil. Humans you are, are the evil. evil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Couldn't put it on myself. So, um, yeah. Just, just, you know, be true to yourself. Yeah. Do you enjoy life? Yeah. Sorry, there was a really weird lag where, like, I'm sure for you it didn't, but my internet went weird and you did, like, a really weird, long, mechanical laugh and then it just cut to you being like... I hope that stays in. It won't. This will definitely be my internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll bring this round. Um, and so, for people who, in case you haven't realised, in case you don't know, in case you're... It's this is on Discord and it's free. Activated authors on Discord and it's free. So what does that mean for you? That means you can jump over to activatedauthors.com and it's literally right at the top of the website or you can go on to forward slash join where it's got a bit more information. And we've literally just got a whole community filled with channels dedicated to helping you realize your activated author dreams. So we've got stuff in there that's just general for fun to socialize with other people. We've got uh, channels on publishing, on business. We've got genre channels. 
And we've also got the AA Plus membership that you can choose to join should you wish. But there's literally no obligation. Pretty much the whole of the foundation of this Discord is free for you to jump in, get involved. And I will say like one of the, the reasons I jumped on over here is because Facebook and other places are so freaking noisy. Like mm. it's one of the benefits of being in a group like this is you can just be heard. And you can just have people there who are in the same position as you that are asking the same questions that have the answers that you're looking for. Um, and like the number one most amazing thing about this community is fucking Dan and Sam are in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we're actually in it. Like you can jump in and be like, what's up, Dan? And I can be like, hey, man or woman or person, how's it going? And you can be like, hey, Sam. And Sam can be like, ah, how does Discord work? Yeah, about two days later, probably. I'm yeah. like, oh, I didn't realise I've got a notification. Uh-oh. I didn't know. Uh, why yeah. am I? Why am I a not administrator? What? Why, <laughs> why have I been given responsibilities in an environment that I don't understand? Oh, I ah. ask that every day. Also, <laughs> hi. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So yeah, join us over at activatedauthors.com, and that is where we are. Um, other than that, there's nothing left to say other than a massive thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week. As always, if you're looking to level up your writing, activate your author career, and join me and Sam over at Discord, and over to <laughs> activateyourauthors.com to find out all about our community, our resources, and everything else that we've bloody got going on. One more time from myself and from Samantha Frost, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Activate your energy. hope that my sweet sucking doesn't make it onto the microphone and that's the, the sweet that i'm sucking and not my sweet sucking you you happy with that not unhappy you know i'm putting that at the end of the episode right one would assume <laughs>